0: In this episode, I feature Lily Wong, a figurative painter whose nuanced narratives invoke a sense of complex yearning and curiosity around the conditions that inscribe and complicate memory. Often engaged in acts of close-looking and intimate contact, the subjects of her work move through dreamlike space and disoriented time. Lily's paintings probe at the way that literal and metaphorical fracturings influence the body's relationship to loss, intimacy, and desire. Their stories are never linear, but circular and eternal, a constant arrival and departure from the site of fracture. Her work has been exhibited in both the US and Europe. Her recent solo exhibition, titled Own Vortex, at Lyles & Keene in New York, closed in October of 2023. She has exhibited at various small fires in Los Angeles, Harper's in New York, CapCat in both Philadelphia and New York, Jeffrey Deitch Gallery in both Los Angeles and New York, Gallery LJ in Paris, France, the Ramp Gallery in London, UK, and the Wunderwall, Antwerp, Belgium, to name a few. She earned a BFA in printing at the Rhode Island School of Design and MFA at Hunter College. Lily currently lives and works in Brooklyn, New York. Enjoy this episode featuring figurative painter Lily Wong. Lily, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. So share with us, when did you discover your artistic
1: passion? I think probably like most artists, um, I think I've always just been a very creative, creating person since as long as I can remember. So there's not really any particular point that I can say, oh, this is it. But where I started really focusing on it more seriously as a future pathway for myself was probably in high school when I was really interested in studying mm. set design or costume design. I really wanted to work in film production at the time, so that I guess you could say is like what lit the fire under my ass. But yeah, here we are now. I suppose that could be like one of the one of the seeds that were planted for me. <laughs> Do you recall if there was particular
0: artists or body of work that influenced you probably. early on?
1: Not particularly. I mean, I didn't grow up going to a lot of museums or anything like that. I didn't have a ton of art books in my house or anything like that. I think the type of things that kind of influenced me creatively always were more just, I guess, images that are part of my everyday that I didn't necessarily even think of as art, if that makes sense. You know, now, of course, I look to many different artists. Obviously, there's a lot of artists that I love and consider with my practice, but I don't have a particular artist or artwork that I guess you could say like sparked it all or anything like that.
0: <laughs> How do you define your practice?
1: You know, that's a tough question. I, I guess it's more, I would say my practice is investigative, personally speaking. Mm-hmm. I think I'm always a constantly evolving investigation into myself, into the world around me, and how we relate to each other. Yeah.
0: So share with us what are the concepts or thoughts that connect your work?
1: Well, lately, some of the ideas or like sources that have been informing my work, I've been thinking a lot about the way that personal and cultural memory is physically stored in the body. The vulnerability and kind of yearning that comes in like pursuing connectivity with those memories, trying to access that. In the last couple of years, that's led me back to like traditional Chinese medicinal practices like acupuncture, herbal medicine, things that approach or think about the body more intuitively and like holistically and as entwined with nature, you know. I'm thinking a lot about how um, perceptions of the body this something as universal as the body can differ vastly across culture and how those bodily perceptions are tied up with how we conceive of ourself. So that's been, I would say, a, a main source of interest in my work the last few years. I think especially with the last two shows that I've had, that's been a large source of inspiration for me or interest rather.
0: You mentioned that your parents are from Hong Kong and Korea. Can you comment on how it is influenced by both cultures?
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, in the sense that who I am and how I grew up will always will come out in the work one way or another, Um, especially as someone, you know, who is a figurative painter who I, I pull a lot from my own personal experience. So it's inevitable that the cultures that raised me come out in the work specifically When I think not so much Korean lately, but specifically Hong Kong has been like a big source of interest for me because my dad grew up there. I've never been. He hasn't been back since he was like a teenager. And as a place, it's also undergone so many shifts in identity. And so I've got this sort of false nostalgia (laughs) about this place. I've never been there, but I still feel very much a connectivity with it. And in seeking out an experience that I haven't had personally, I'm like seeking that out through film. And I got really interested in watching a lot of films coming out of Hong Kong, like Hong Kong cinema, mostly just as a way to absorb and experience this place and this culture that I feel very connected to, but actually don't have any roots in. And so that's like also reflected in the way that I think about how is memory and culture, how is experience like stored in the body? How are we trying to access that? Yeah. So I would say that is the thing that has come into my work.
0: And what is your process of choosing color?
1: I'm pretty intuitive with color these days. I mean, I haven't always worked with color for quite a while. I was only working with black and white, or really just black. So when I first started using color, I did look a lot to film, like cinematography, the use of color to set like a mood or lighting and tell a story in a film. So I was looking a lot to film and trying to copy certain color stories that I had seen. But, you know, I've been using color for a while now and I feel a lot more comfortable with it. It's a much more intuitive decision now. I don't really go into I don't really go into the painting, planning the colors so much. I, it just, it's always a surprise that I never Mm. really know going into it. When do you know your work is finished? I don't know. That's a hard question. (laughs) Um, I've been actually, I've been trying to like create a better process for myself to figure that out. Cause I used to work very like on one piece at a time. And I think that was not as fruitful for me because I might like technically finish like all the blank parts of the painting are covered or the surface are covered and that's like a very arbitrary marker of something feeling finished. But sometimes, you know, I just need to like take space and give myself time to just like exist with the painting before I really know if it's done or not. So now I work on multiple paintings at once so that I can jump between works and I think once I can sit with that painting for, I don't know, like a couple weeks and without feeling like any, like then, then I think it's done. But usually in the course of that time, I will find things that I need to change or that I want to edit. And that's just only something that happens with the space to reflect on the work, if you know what I mean.
0: So when do the titles of your work enter the creative process?
1: It depends. I'm not super... You know, I think titles are much more involved for some people and not so much for me. Sometimes I'll go into the work having, you know, I have, I keep notes on my phone for like phrases or words or things that I've read that I just want to like keep in mind in relation to my work. So sometimes I will start a painting with a vague title in mind and that'll like take shape as I work on it. And then other times I will forget to title something and I have to go back and give it a title. So there's no real answer for <laughs> when the titles come into my work. Each time it's a little different. Sometimes it's more considered than others, truthfully. Yeah, but that's never really the starting point, though, for me. In any case, like I said, I might be thinking about it, but I don't ever start a work knowing what it's going to be titled, I guess. I, I guess in the same way of like, when do I know the work is finished? The titles are also something that I need to sit with and like, let them see how they feel. And sometimes that will change too, you know? When you're creating, do you think about your audience at all, whether or not they'll understand your work? Not so much. I mean, I do think about it in terms of like how I want the work to be engaged with. Like when I'm thinking about like composition and like what the actual content of the work, the symbols and imagery that I use in the work. Yeah, I'm thinking about how is this going to be translated? How do I want to communicate what I'm thinking about? But I, I guess I'm not, I don't let any thoughts of the audience dictate what I'm making or like whether or not if they'll get it, whatever that might mean. I think everyone's going to come at the work differently um, and interpret it differently. Obviously, I have my own thoughts about it and how I want the work to be perceived and received, but I try not to control it too much. <laughs> Do you listen to music while you're working? I don't. I listen to podcasts when I work. I can't listen to music when I paint, which I think is surprising. A lot of people have to listen to music, but I actually need dialogue in my head when I work. So yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts or I'll just like have a movie or TV or a documentary or something like on in the background, even though I'm not super paying attention to it. I just need talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk more about your studies. If you weren't a visual artist, what career path would you have chosen?
1: You know, I think it would have probably always been something creative if I mean, when I, when I I don't think that school is like this formal education is not necessary or even important to being an artist. So like prefacing to what I'm saying with that. But the reason I chose to go to study art in college and grad school. But when I first started, it's because, like I said, I wanted to be in film. I wanted to do costuming or set design. But then once I got to once I got into school, you know, really, I realized the thing that I liked most was drawing and printmaking and painting. So that's the direction I went in. But if I hadn't gone that way, yeah, I think I would have kept pursuing the original goal of being involved on like film sets somehow, which is artistry in its own way too. So (laughs) I don't know, maybe I was only going to be an artist. (laughs) And so what do
0: you enjoy most about being a visual artist?
1: I I don't know. I mean, it's, I feel a lot of freedom in being able to do what I do. I mean, only recently in the last few years have I been able to work in the studio full time, which has been a really amazing and wonderful privilege. And before that, I always had other jobs <laughs> to balance. So now that I get to just be in my, committed to my studio full time, I mean, I, I love it. It feels very freeing to only be committed to the ideas in my head and on my own schedule.
0: <laughs> what does your workspace look and feel like?
1: My workspace is very boring. I think people are probably disappointed when they come to my studio because it's very tidy and very neat and like very organized because that's just my personality. So but it doesn't make for a very interesting looking studio. Um, I think people, you know, like to see like the creative process like all over the studio and mine is very contained. But that's what is most conducive to my working process. So I do need to keep it that way. <laughs> How do you keep learning? I don't know I guess I guess keep i keep questioning you know I guess if you stop feeling curious or having questions about yourself or the world at large or whatever your work, then you don't need to learn <laughs> if you're just satisfied with where you are um I think I'm a very like constantly unsatisfied person, so I think that's at least for myself is what pushes me to keep learning new things but but it's hard like learning new things is hard and it's scary but necessary. <laughs>
0: What would you say are the most substantial challenges that you've encountered as an artist?
1: I think, at least for me, my answer to that is like a bit more in the practical side of things. I mean, truthfully, it was like before I was able to work in the studio full time, like I think the biggest challenge was really being able to find the time to make it to my studio and to keep working while holding other jobs and like developing the discipline that's needed to do that. For me, I went to grad school and that like when I did first go to school, like I didn't have as much of a solid routine down. And that really forced me to become much more disciplined because I had so much to balance at that point if I wasn't going to be really like strict with myself in making the time to go to the studio. And now ever since I've been able to just work in the studio full time, I really think at least for myself, I feel that the work has flourished a lot. And that's purely just because I've been able to spend like all all the time that I need on it. So yeah, time. Time is, I think, like the biggest challenge of everything. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. How has your technique developed or changed over the years?
1: In a lot of ways, it's, I think I've just continuously just built upon what I always done. It's not, I haven't, nothing like radically different. Again, I've always been a drawer. I mean, I paint on paper right now but in my head those works are much more akin to drawing than painting (laughs) so the biggest changes for me in terms of how i make the work has been again my shift to color and my shift in scale so i used to make really small work a lot of the work that i am influenced by is like often works on paper like illustrated manuscripts scroll paintings prints like intimate sized work. And so that's how my work was for a very long time. And yeah, really small and very limited in palette and making that jump to using color and scaling up might, for some people might not be a huge jump, but for me as someone who struggles with change sometimes, that was like a really big, but transformative jump in my work. And being there now, there's just like so much more to mine from the way I'm currently working. So I don't, I haven't felt this sort of like urge to radically change that and technique. I am like trying, I'm learning, I'm trying to teach myself how to use oil paint, which is really hard. It's like, but I want that to just, that's the current thing that I'm pursuing. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah in terms of how i've worked i've always been like committed to working on paper and i still remain pretty firmly committed to that
0: what are you excited about right now
1: right now i mean i'm excited i'm about to start a new body of work and i'm i'm excited for that that's what i'm excited for um i had my show closed in october and it's taken me a while to jump back in i i always have like a bit of post production depression or sadness after I make a, a big body of work because I'm like, oh my gosh, what what next? But, you know, I've been getting back into the studio and I feel very excited to, to put to paper the ideas that I've had that I've been developing over the last couple months.
0: That's great. That's great.
1: What do you feel is the purpose of art? To, I think, to be a recorder and reflection of the time and the world that we're in to be engaged with that, yeah, I'm not like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. And this is our last question. As an artist, what do you feel is your role?
1: Um, Yeah, I think that would probably fall in line with that last question. For me, I get to bring it back to when you asked, like, how do you define your practice? As an artist, I think my role is to always be investigating and questioning. And whether that is in in relation to myself or to the world that I'm engaged with, to the world at large, I think that's my role is to always is to reflect on that and to not simply just like record it in a literal way, but to respond to it. And I think that's always been my role. I don't. I think even though the what I'm thinking about in the work might change and evolve, at the end of the day, my pursuit of The work is, yes, is to always be questioning the world around me and that the world that my art exists in.
0: Well, thank you for the work you do. And thank you for your time.
1: Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks Podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.